I'm Rachel Balducci. You're listening to Spill the Tea, a product of Augusta University's Department of Communication. Hello, hello, hello. We are live in Augusta University. We are here today to talk about sports. I'm here with Cameron and Dom. These are our cross-country experts. They run here at Augusta University. I am met by my humble friend, Maxwell Schaefer, my baseball extraordinaire, (laughs) and I'm Gerardo Hernandez. I'm a local boxer here. I love anything combat. So without further ado, Maxwell will tell us about last night. All right, so last night, the... uh in the MLB world, the Braves have clinched their spot in the postseason, which is pretty impressive because they did it again. They just came off of a World Series championship. So let's see if they can go back-to-back, but not if my Yankees have anything to do with it. Big Yankees guy. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Judge hit his 16th home run, tying Babe Ruth's home run record in a single season. He's 12 away from tying Barry Bonds' home run record in a single season. Um, I know in for running wise, uh, this Sunday is the uh, Berlin Marathon, and that's one of like the biggest, fastest like, courses in the world. Um, a lot of eyes at Elliot Kipchoge, who's has the the record for the marathon, but also um, I think it was about a year ago he uh, did the one fifty nine Enos um, challenge, which was not a race, but it was a it was a marathon, basically, where they, um, it was like a time trial, really. Like, they were pacing him and stuff. They had, like, a car, like a laser and stuff that would keep him on pace. Yeah. Okay. And um, he broke two hours in the marathon, which is thought, like, to be, like, well, it's an incredible feat, but it was thought to be, like, impossible at one point, almost like breaking four in the yeah. mile. Um, yeah, it still hasn't happened in an actual race, and people are looking to him to see if he can do it and um i mean he might be able to do it i mean he's got the world record on that course uh, a couple years back i think it was maybe two hours and a minute something like that he's pretty close um but yeah, so, is, like, so is he projected to win yeah he's not the returner like last year someone else won yeah um, i can't remember what his name is but i know like um i think it was I think it was maybe it was the London Marathon. Kipchoge just didn't have a good race, but then he won the Olympics in yeah. Tokyo. Um, but yeah, he's kind of like the expected one. Like, let's see if he can like break the world record. Let's see what kind of time he can throw up. Yeah. Um, and especially leading into the Paris Olympics in twenty twenty four. Yeah. It's really exciting. I know I'm going to be watching it. Even not probably not all of it. Just yeah. Because it's a marathon. So when does it start? Uh, Sunday, um, I'm not exactly sure what time, because, like, if you look up the time, it'll be, like, in, it's in Germany, so, yeah. you know, like, I'm not exactly sure what time it is, but I know it's sun- sometimes Sunday. It might be while we're asleep. Probably yeah. Like yeah. hours ahead, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's in Germany. It's early morning. Yeah. <laughs> early morning in Germany. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be asleep. Do you ever feel, like, out of depth when you hear, like, a crazy record in the sport that you play? Oh, Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, dude, like, hearing about, like, even high schoolers breaking four in the mile, like, even when I was a high schooler and now as a college student or college collegiate runner, like, it's 
like this is crazy, bro. Like I can't even I can't even <laughs> begin to imagine like going that fast. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of wild sometimes with some of the records that people break. Even like the um, twenty four hour record got beat like a couple weeks ago too. Um, I think it was like a hundred and ninety nine point five miles in twenty four hours. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'd be done. Uh, that stuff, <laughs> yeah, that stuff. I'm like, dude, that's that's crazy. I don't even, I can't even imagine like how that would go. Like for me personally, Gosh, like, yeah. that's it's just crazy with some of the records and stuff that people set. I don't understand how people can run a mile that fast in four minutes. Like I can't if if I can do ten minutes in a mile, like that's good for me. Like, <laughs> it's like it's all they do is just like conditioning and conditioning and conditioning. When it's your job, yeah. you just have to. Yeah, and I, w- I would say, like, when, like, looking at records, like, especially when you run, like, the same event and stuff, it's, like, you know, it's possible that, like, they, they're just leagues above, like, what you are, because, like, you know, you have, like, records in high school, and, like, those are okay, but then, like, you compare them to, like, people who are in college, and then you don't seem as fast as you were, Yeah. and then even, like, collegiate, like, from school to school, dep- depending on what school you're in, then, um, it's, like, wow, he's running, like, four or five seconds which like four or five seconds isn't really that much but like when you're running on a track that's like a pretty big gap yeah. to like fill so it's just depending on what record it is it's kind of like like you know like okay like that's legit like yeah hard to beat <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, for like a time period in 2017 I was immersed fully into the NBA and like naturally every like teenager's ambition they pick something up and they want to just go all the way with it whether it was like a musician or like getting into a band, becoming a rock star. I wanted to play basketball, like professionally. I was like, how do I get into this basketball nonsense, right? <laughs> and, and like I, I tried learning how to dribble, I couldn't dribble, that was mistake number one. <laughs> uh, and like I looked at the other, like the, the people that do make it pro, I was like almost none of them are shorter than like six foot two. Yeah. So that yeah. was a problem because I'm only about five foot nine and like 140 pounds of just like lean muscle. Yeah. And I look, I was like, well, what, what short players, what, what short players made it? And it's like, okay, well, you get like this uh, K Felder guy. He's five foot seven, but uh, also he plays like three minutes. And then you had Isaiah Thomas, who at that time he was going crazy. With the Celtics? Yeah. Yeah. But he was also jacked. So yeah. I wasn't that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, it was like once like one year and then out the other i was like i'm gonna pick up something else yeah yeah i remember when we i watched isaiah thomas back in when you're talking about the king of the fourth yeah the fourth quarter that man was absolutely dominant every game he played but only in the fourth quarter only in the fourth quarter, only in the fourth yeah. quarter. so now seeing him try to play in today's game he gets maybe like three minutes off the bench but like at least they're trying to keep him like yeah decently trying to play which is good for him getting exercise throughout the year and stuff like that but i don't see him actually like being a starter anytime soon yeah, again. It, it was a tough sell for him especially because when he started out he bounced around three teams most people that end up doing that and not getting playing time a lot of them just end up getting cut or washed out especially with the Suns, there was like three point guards when he was on there so it was like you know when you have like goran Dragic, who's like decent at that time and then you have another decent uh point guard. I think it was a R- Ricky Rubio. I think it may have been him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then you just have Isaiah Thomas sitting there in the third. Well, you know, at 
at least the other two would be like versatile, but you don't really have any use for like IT. So they had to ship him off. And, you know, for that like one season, that man was on top of the world. He was like third in MVP voting. And then there was that injury. And then the Celtics got Kyrie Irving. And Thomas is gone. So, yeah. Very. But for the NBA, now you see all these players getting drafted or getting signed to different teams. Where do you draw the line with super teams in the NBA? Because there's about eight of them. Yeah. Um, also, during the time that I was watching the NBA, and like this, I'm sure this exists in some other sports, but I think with basketball in particular, it's really like the the, the effect is felt more immediately. Because yeah. like single sports, like um, track and field, the only other person that's out there is you, right? Yeah. It's you so, versus everyone else. Yeah, when it when it comes to other teams, and this is also another reason why I was never that big into team sports when I was a kid, it's like you could have the most phenomenal game and then the people that are around you could be so bad that it doesn't really matter. Uh, when I watched the NBA during that time, you had this idea of parity. That was the word they used, parity. Mm-hmm. And all of these teams... They had, like, elite players, but they all sort of balanced each other out. You didn't really know who was going to win the finals that year, right? It could be the eighth seed up to the first seed, you know? But then the Golden State Warriors, they get Kevin Durant, and then the whole landscape changed. Because now you had Steph, you had Clay, you had Kevin Durant, you had Draymond, and then they could just swap out the center at will because it didn't matter at that point. Yeah, Iguodala and all them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was... They, I think, yes, the Miami Heat had the big three with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. But I think when the Warriors signed Kevin Durant to that team, that's when the NBA took the step to, you know, you said parity, mm-hmm. and just took off with the super teams. And that's when the Warriors, I think, went on to win two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, NBA Finals, so. I don't know. I just, uh, and then Kevin Durant gets traded to the Nets, so now you have the Nets, a super team. The Warriors are looking good again because they just won the ABA Finals. Then you got the Lakers trying to make some moves again. You got the Bucks that won an ABA Finals with uh, Antetokounmpo. I said his name right. Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I just I feel like I wish that the NBA would go back to the old days where it was, like you said, they were like, canceling each other out and it was like there's a bunch of good players on one team but they all canceled each other out and they were, it was spread across the league and not just in one team or one organization yeah at least like like with the super teams like I mean unless they like they get traded or anything or they get a higher deal then like they're gonna stay there so like that's years years just winning if they're like like Golden State was like just yeah. winning back to back and then like I mean now there's getting like more diversity with more but still yeah. like smaller teams that don't really have like that many like good good players yeah like they don't really make it very far in the, in the um playoffs or anything like yeah that. like especially like with the the remember in COVID when they had the nba bubble yeah <laughs> like a bunch of players got COVID and they still had to play games so some of the teams that were like really big up there like i'm pretty sure the warriors didn't they go down because a bunch of players had COVID and they couldn't play yeah. I know Rudy Gobert of the Jazz at that time. He joked about getting COVID. Like, he licked his hands and pretended to touch all the mics. Yeah. And then he was, like, coughing on the bench. And, like, someone went to check up on him. Like, like don't, don't do that. 
Yeah. No. no, but that was insane. And the Lakers won that year because they stayed close and followed protocol and they won the NBA Finals. But yeah. I don't understand, like, I don't I understand that that's the NBA Finals and they wanted to do the bubble to keep the season going. But I don't know if you can really say the Lakers won the NBA Finals because a bunch of their competition was wiped out because mm-hmm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. But about, like, the super teams and stuff, like, yeah, like, track, track's not, like, a team sport. Mm-hmm. But, like, cross-country is, like, the biggest thing is about, like, pack running and, like, cross-country. Cross-country really only goes, like, collegiately. Like, after that, like, professionally, like, cross-country kind of, like, disappears and it just becomes track. Yeah. But, like, cross-country, like, collegiate cross-country, like, there are those, like, super teams, like, and especially, like, with D1 – but even like in each division, like yeah. division two, division three, NIA divisions and stuff like that, like there are those teams that you know are like gonna be contingent for national championship every single year. Mm-hmm. Like you got like Northern Arizona, um, BYU. Um, those are like two of like the biggest schools. Colorado as well, of like always just being on the top. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is normally pretty good too. And some of them, it's, like, they – some of them would just recruit super good with, like, guys coming out of high school, and then they'll have, like, really good teams and then just make them – they just run together as, like, a big a big group of guys, like their entire team running together in a race. Yeah. And that way they get all their points at the same time. So it's almost like some of those teams seem, like, impossible to beat. But then, like, sometimes there are those upsets and stuff. But yeah. a lot of times it seems like every year it's like, oh, this team is going to win probably. Well, if it's not them, it's going to be this one. And, like, most people know that the main – and then it will become more individual because it's like, all right, well, who's going to actually win the race? Because that yeah. can really be anybody. But there are kind of, like, those super teams, too, in cross country. Just not really in track. Yeah. In track, you could say, like, super team would be, like, America or something like professionally yeah. because America yeah. is such a big country. Because then you're just trying to win s- like multiple separate individual yeah. events. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't say track is like like it is a team sport and like at the end of the day, but like during yeah. it, I feel like it's more individual because like as long as you do your job mm-hmm. and like you score the points like that you get like the more times you win or like the podium, then you get more points so, like. It's individual, but, like, also it can benefit the team if you have a bunch of, like, like, kind of how we were talking about the NBA has a lot of players, like, good players. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of like that. Like, if you have a bunch of all-stars on one track team, then they'll score points and they'll end up winning. Like, I know that's what happened with, like, LSU. LSU was doing really good um, in, like, 2018 because um, they had, like, Javon Harris. They had Mondo Duplantis. Um, they had um, a few other sprinters. Um, that were just going crazy for that year, and they won outdoor. I'm pretty sure they went indoor as well um, in yeah. 2019. So, like, it's, and Javon Harris and um, and Monty Duplantis, they both are pl- uh, pro now. So they both compete for uh, – Javon competes for USA, but Monty Duplantis, um, he's a pole vaulter. He yeah. competes for Sweden. But um, right now with just them, like, when you have a bunch of people who can just – go out and like even Shakira Richardson she used to run at LSU when they were the powerhouse for a little bit and now she's running pro so it's like if you have a lot of people like back backing you up in track then I mean track can also be like what Cameron was saying like 
same as cross country. Like you can start building a team. Like I know I have a lot of friends at Arkansas, and they just recruited a whole bunch of like national champions. So they yeah. literally just the national champions happened in twenty twenty two outdoor. Yeah, and they just went through and like went through like the top five and just recruited everyone like they could get. So like they like they just recruited a thrower, um, the runner up in the long jump. They just recruited a whole bunch of people. So they like. You can you can form like track, like powerhouses. Yeah, it's a little harder to do than like basketball, but like it's essentially the same thing. Is it? Is it? Oh, you can go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like the thing is that, like different though like between the like track and cross country in that like team sense is like uh, there's not really teamwork yeah. in track like cross country you gotta like work with your teammates. Track though, it's like all right, everyone. Let's just be like the best we can possibly be. Yeah, it's you versus you in a sense. Yeah, yeah. like you're not gonna want if you want to build a good track team, you don't want to have a bunch of just distance guys. You want to have like one, like a good couple of guys for each group. You know, throwing, right. decathlon, you know, jumping and running, sprints, whatever. Like, yeah, you want it all, all that stuff, all combined. Even though they're not like really. Like their teammates, yes, because they wear the same jersey, but they don't really do. They don't normally work out together and yeah. stuff like that. Like, but cross country, like, yeah, it's gonna be a team because you're gonna run with these guys every day for practice. You're gonna work with each other during the race, and you actually use strategy. That's why it makes like cross country and track like a little bit different when it comes to the sense of like teamwork. Yeah. But another big thing, like, um, like with collegiate cross country and talking about like powerhouses and like super teams and stuff like that is like, especially in D1 and even like D2 schools that have a lot of money, they just go and like spend a bunch of money on like Kenyans and like um, people from like out of the country, bring them in and then like, they're like yeah. 25 racing 18 year olds, you know? And it's just like, that kinda, you know, it's crazy. That kind of like waters it down sort of. Yeah, so, like, yeah. for the track and field, you know how, like, in college football, they have the transfer portal and stuff like that, and NIL deals? Is it the same thing for track? Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing, because, um, like, that's, like, transfer portal is just um, the same, like, throughout every sport. Yeah. Like, there's a transfer portal. I mean, it may be operated a little different. Um, yeah. I know, like, because I transferred here. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to run a D1 school, and so when I was transferring, it's pretty, pretty much the same thing. Like, you go, you put your name in the portal, and then like coaches can contact you so then you just they send you emails send you text they can just opens up a lot of doors for you yeah. if you get put in the transfer portal but it varies from i guess division to division and like yeah. school to school so like i don't know how football works because i don't play football yeah but like it's essentially the same thing like you have a transfer portal you can get traded around and stuff yeah. like that yeah the thing with the college football transfer portal though same thing you put your name in college coaches like recruit you in a sense but they so there was this like thing with Texas A and M football, mm-hmm. where uh, I think it's Jimbo Fisher. I think that's his name. Was recruiting players, but like giving them money to come play. Yeah. So we spent a bunch of money for these players to come, and they've lost against App State, Appalachian State, which is pretty embarrassing because they got beat at home. As well, which was a they were a number six team against Appalachian State, which that's was when, one and one. Yeah, that's when they threw the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, yeah. Win. yeah. But um, I mean, it's kind of the same for track and like cross country. Yeah. Like they can still like give you money, but I don't think it's like as specific as football. It's like yeah. more of a scholarship. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so you can do that, but 
that's it's still dictated on like the school's budget and like I mean the smaller school you go to then the less money you probably can get yeah. yeah especially for track because track's not like football or basketball and stuff like that they only have like a few scholarships so if they're already gone then yeah. you transfer yeah. in they probably won't give you any money anyway unless you're like really really good if you're out of country usually yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're from overseas then they'll give you a lot of money because yeah, but that's that's kind of like cheating in my eyes because yeah. like you you kind of got to when it comes to college for me you kind of got to work with like the talent pool that's available yeah. you know yeah. and you know you have this coaches and whatnot and their job is kind of just like you know we have to train these guys anyway yeah and i like sort of on that point with the super teams you can get all of these guys in that are you know projected number one and they have the nicest stat lines but that doesn't mean they'll mesh together yeah that idea of like a locker room cancer that exists that's a very real thing you know you know you can't just slap two guys or not not like Certainly in the NBA, you swap like five guys who are used to being like top of the dog, holding the ball at least fifteen yeah. percent of the time, and now you've got like this huge meshing problem. Yeah, Some people have to take steps. No, yeah. like the Cavs. Remember the Cavs and uh, oh, yeah. uh, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. That was cancer. They yeah. could not. That one season they won the finals. They were together. Then after that, they were. Yeah, they couldn't hold. They it. could yeah. not do it together. It's like too many chefs in the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah, like the uh, I remember hearing a thing from the NAU's cross country coach talking about like he doesn't he doesn't um, take in divas like he doesn't want people yeah. that are gonna try and like do their own thing or try and be the best like we want guys that like are gonna work on the on the team together and um, even at Augusta like we're kind of like that we we don't want guys who are gonna like try and just like forget the team and just think they're the best yeah and it's like time to like kind of grow up and realize that like probably not but like we're gonna try and get you there and we're gonna do it as like a group instead of like as you like as one individual like you're not LeBron James or whatever yeah. like you know <laughs> Kim Choge or any of those great like athletes yeah in a sense like what you're saying like the coach doesn't take in people that are divas like you have to be coachable for a coach to want you yeah you don't yeah. want to you don't want a player that can't be coached because that player is going to do stuff that you don't want him to do even in single sports that's the case like uh, mma fighters and boxers this is like very rarely you'll hear about a fighter who doesn't get coached and like there was a time being where tony Ferguson, uh this ufc fighter he was uh without like uh like a real team per se he wasn't in training camps he had Eddie Bravo, like his Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, and like a few other guys, but he kind of mainly did everything by himself. And, you know, he kind of got floundered towards like the end of his career, like once he fell off his prime, uh, you know, but there was an entire time frame in which, you know, he probably could have reached the title. He probably could have been a lot healthier if he had that supporting cast with him. He got into a lot of injuries doing insane training regimens that, you know, maybe like a coach would see through that and be like, you know, I like the intensity, but we need to like do it in a way that's smart. Cause this guy got himself hurt a lot, like on three times at the cost of a few title shots. Now, didn't you say Tony Ferguson uh, box or fought the other night? I did, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Against Nate? Yeah, Nate, he ended up losing. He was with a training camp, but at this point he's so old. Um, the main takeaway from that event, like I think it's okay if we could just like end it off on here. Something on more of a positive note because it's just funny. Uh, so the UFC had this big pay per view between uh, Nate Diaz and this Chechen guy named Hamza Chmaev. Now this guy, he is so freaking good, and Nate's a lot older. Everyone expects Hamza to maul this guy, and 
what ends up happening is the fight doesn't go through because another fighter who isn't even on the card, he's not fighting that weekend, he says some words to Hamzat and they start a verbal altercation. And then Hamzat ends up exchanging words with this guy named Kevin Holland, who is on the card and he's fighting someone else. And Hamzat takes offense, walks up to him, chest kicks him, <laughs> and that starts a brawl. So Holland and Chimaev are now brawling each other. And that tumbles into them brawling with Tony Ferguson. And then that turns into a brawl between Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz's entourage, which is just like 100 people, they all get into <laughs> a brawl. So these guys are all going at it. And Dana White's sitting there like, oh, man, this has never happened. Wasn't this all happening during the weigh-ins? This was just before the presser. And so he goes, he's like, presser's canceled. We're going to figure this out. And then they do the weigh-ins. And Hamza Chumayev misses weight by seven and a half pounds, which is a huge deal. Because I mean, weight means a lot in MMA. Yeah. And so two other fighters miss weight. So they have to redo the entire card. The entire card. So Nate Diaz is now fighting Tony. Kevin Holland's now fighting Hamza. And uh, Lee Jingling's fighting this guy named Daniel Rodriguez. And Nate Diaz, you know, this is his send-off fight. He ends up winning this fight that he was supposed to lose to Tony Ferguson. Because Tony is still, like, on paper, he's, like, he may have lost his last, like, four or five fights, but those are against really great guys. Whereas Nate's just kind of been, like, in this journeyman status. But he goes out there and he wins in dominant fashion, like, four to one. Farewell tour. Yeah, farewell tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, that's all the time we have. Thank you to anyone who is listening. I'm Gerardo. I'm with Cameron. I'm with Dom Maxwell. Thank you all so much Thank for you. listening. We're out of here.